You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock, my name is Christopher Linfont, bringing you another edition of the Nest Talk podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Here with you today, or tonight really, for another emergency episode of the podcast in this post-draft edition, we've got Dominic, a.k.a. Raymond's Anatomy, back for another episode, and a new friend of the show, Kev, from the Win Column. Uh, Kev and Dominic, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good, Chris. How about uh, how about you, Kev? I'm doing really well over here on the East Coast. It's late, but I'm feeling good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same... Uh, um, he's stuck in Jersey right now. I know you're down in Baltimore, Kev, and uh, Dominic's got it a little easier because he's out on the West Coast right now. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. Okay, so Ravens fans across the nation have witnessed, I think, really a master class in being a GM. So um, obviously the night started out kind of slow because the Ravens didn't pick until 55 in the second round. Um, so we had to wait quite a while, but once they picked, it was a pretty controversial decision. The Ravens brought in J.K. Dobbins, and of course, J.K. Dobbins, um, one of the premier running backs in this entire draft class, there's no question about it, had a prolific career at Ohio State. But when you look at the Ravens roster, um, you don't really see a need for running back. Obviously, Mark Ingram is here on contract for the next two years. Of course, he could retire early. Um, um, and then of course we have Gus Edwards who is going to be a restricted free agent, but putting a tender on him will of course, um, uh, allow him to come back. And then of course we have Justice Hill who we drafted last year in the fourth round. So, um, Dominic, you know, what do you think about this J.K. Dobbins pick? Because personally, I'm a little on the fence about this. I'm not exactly sure where I stand just yet. Um, so I think it's a good pick. I think it was the best player available. Like how we talked um, in the last like uh, mock with um, uh, Nick. So uh, I think it was the best player available situation, and um, it was a good pick. I think they're planning for the future, but uh, also with Gus and Justice, how you uh, said, behind Mark Ingram, um, I think it's going to be a very, very stout uh, run game. So I think they're really going to plan for that. Um, and yeah, so what do you think, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I was praying for Murray and um, and Winfield Jr. as the first two picks. So a little bit of disappointment for me with, uh, with Dobbins. Um, but I get it. So... Um, especially after hearing Lamar say that he anticipates running a little bit less because of our running backs. I think adding depth there um, just really shows that, yeah, maybe that's what we have in store uh, next year. So now the real question with bringing in J.K. Dobbins is going to be, do the Ravens keep four running backs on the roster, or is somebody the odd man out? Obviously, it's not going to be Dobbins. They just drafted him. It's almost certainly not going to be Mark Ingram. They're not going to get rid of him. Um, So that really leaves Gus. And Justice Hill here fighting for that potentially last roster spot. Um, Kevin, who would you give the edge over in that battle? If a guy has to be out of here, it would have to be Gus, and it would break my heart to see him go. Mm. Um, but, I mean, when you talk about the pedigree, undrafted guy, 
um, I think deserves a little bit more carries. It may be best for him maybe to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, what so, like, so a similar situation to Hayden Hurst where he's not getting as many receptions as he would like or um, not involved in his pass game as much. So, so along with Gus Edwards, he's not getting as much uh, runs or carries. So I also think it's like, um, it's like uh, uh, where – Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, they're going to run through you. While J.K. Dobbins might have a bit more shiftiness to him, they're both going to run through you, even if they're uh, smaller guys. But Justice Hill, he's he's very nifty and uh, and nimble, you know, uh, getting around. Even and he did show uh, signs of him, um, really really good signs in the Steelers game with uh with Robert Griffin. So um, I think I think I would have to agree with Gus, although it would you know also break my heart. But um, I think it, it also might give us a bit more capital, too. Like, I think that Justice Hill's not as proven. So if we could trade um, Gus to a different team for a pick or uh, whatever the case may be, I think Gus has a bit more, um, you know, two 700-yard seasons at least under his belt. So the uh, teams are going to see that, and they're going to be like, okay, like, this guy, um, he, he has a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah, you know, before drafting Dobbins, my impression was the Ravens were probably going to make Gus the starting quarterback after Ingram retired, but now it's obviously not going to happen with bringing in Dobbins, who's going to be our number one. Um, people are starting to compare this to the Ray Rice situation. When the Ravens brought in Ray Rice in 2008, they already had Willis McGahee as the starter. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of um, an apples to oranges, though, because in that situation, he had one running back to deal with in this situation there's three established running backs on this roster so it should be pretty interesting to see how the ravens handle this um and now kevin you weren't here last night so i have to get your thoughts on patrick queen i know you have a an excellent video that all of our listeners should go check out um at the win column about patrick queen but what are your overall thoughts right now about drafting patrick queen at 28 yeah, it's funny speaking of that video because all the fights I've had to have in the comment section where when you when you title a video, Patrick Queen is overrated, you know, people just come at you, you know, and yeah. the thing is, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll admit it here. Uh, that title was to get people to watch it, you know, but <laughs> to, of course, of course, yeah, That's how you yeah. have to do it on YouTube. Right. I mean, when it's all said and done. So at the end of the day, I like the player. Um, it's just that, you know, I'm a Ravens fan. Born and raised here. I've watched Ray Lewis's whole career. I'm used to a different kind of tenacity, which I, I, I don't want to say that Patrick Queen doesn't bring, but he doesn't bring it as consistently. And um, compared to Kenneth Murray, where it's always there, it's just like my heart was there with Kenneth Murray. But do I think it's a bad pick? No, because at the end of the day, which I've been saying a lot, he was my second linebacker on my board. I would have had him as a second-round pick, early second-round pick, though. So when you get a guy like that at 28, third middle linebacker taken, as if you're not including Isaiah Simmons as a middle linebacker, I think we got great value. I mean, the guy has a lot of really good skills. I just don't know if he comes – I don't know if he's ready to make an immediate impact based on what I have saw, but that's why I like the, the pick that we made of Malik Harrison, which I'm sure we'll get to, which I think – those yeah. two together complement each other well um, enough that if they are starting together this year, we should be able to get some good snaps out of both. Yeah, and of course you mentioned uh, Kenneth Murray, and, and I was really hoping that he was going to land to us. Um, you know, it just we came up short on that one, but I think Queen overall um, probably was the best player available, at least you know something that we could use at that point. 
um, for the Ravens to take. You know, I, wa- I was kind of surprised that they didn't try to trade down. Um, but once Queen fell to them, you know, it, it pretty much made sense to pick him there, I think. Um, but about Malik Harrison, you raise him, and, and let's, let's jump right into him. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know too much about Malik Harrison, I'm going to admit. Uh, I know he had a very productive career at Ohio State. Kevin, what do you see in Malik Harrison that really complements Patrick Queen? Well, I, I watched a lot of middle linebackers, obviously, knowing that this is where we were going to go. I think maybe yeah. I would have had Akeem Davis gathers ahead of him. But for us, though, uh, when you're talking about the Ravens, I think most of the middle linebackers in this class were space players. I think the reason that Jordan Brooks went so high is because he, Murray, and Patrick Queen really profiled as the uber athletic guys who can really play the middle linebacker position in the NFL, or at least you can project them there. I think the rest of these guys are smallish space players. Um, so I think if you go down a couple of tiers after those three guys I just named, I think there's Malik Harrison, where like he has the size to play the middle linebacker position. I think he's a little bit nastier. He's going to he's going to kind of get his nose and stuff. I think it's a little bit more like we've always had kind of Ray Lewis was the roamer. Then you have Bart Scott who was there to kind of bang with guards and take up space and just make the dirty plays. I think that's what Malik Harrison is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, but one thing I kind of want to say is more in more recent light is like uh, CJ Mosley, Patrick Owasu, where yeah. uh, Patrick was yeah. uh, you know, more of like the speedy, um, although he couldn't cover as well as I think Queen will be able to. I think this is going to be more of um, uh, like a, even even if um, you kind of equated it to CJ Mosley and Avery Williamson over on the Jets, mm-hmm. um, how CJ is more uh, Malik Harrison is more of like the CJ role and Queen is going to be like the Avery. But um, I think Queen's going to be a really very, uh, very versatile, um, like uh, like cover guy and um, kind of a quick, quicker person maybe to fill that gap. And then Harrison's going to, you know, finish, finish the tackle. But I think these two are going to really, really set off. Um, some uh, some some games, especially defensively, um, with the help, and maybe they might even add some more packages because, um, it, especially with last year, they had kind of had to switch away from the uh, the dub, the two linebackers where it was just Josh Bynes and um, L.J. Fort. But now they can, you know, with those two, uh, e- even with Fort, um, I think they can, you know, mix a lot of the uh, the linebackers around and um, play to uh, whatever they got on the field. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And if I could say one more thing on that, you're, you're right. When I think, um, because honestly, what I think I wanted to say, but I couldn't remember the player's name, <laughs> C.J. Mosley and Zach Orr is what mm, I yeah, think yeah, this yeah. combo yes, is yeah. going to be able to be more like. And I think if Zach Orr doesn't have that injury, we're looking at that next kind of undrafted star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, at least, you know, Malik Harrison is actually drafted. And I think that, those two guys together will be a lot like that matchup where Zach Orr was like the big, you know, just go and hit something. And CJ Mosley was more that space guy who also right. could pass rush was good, you know, covering guys. I think they will be a lot like that. Yeah, that, that was honestly one of the most um, tragic uh, moments, I think, the you know, in recent Ravens memory. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, his future was so bright. And then, to have this condition, I don't remember what it was, but I know he was living with it a long time. They didn't discover it until he was a Raven. 
um, to kind of derail your NFL future there. It, it's just really tragic. Um, but I like what the Ravens are doing with, with the inside linebacker position at this point. Um, and I think Malik Harrison is really a steal where they got him at 71 um, on my mock. And, of course, I'm no expert, but I was going off of a lot of other people's projections making these picks. I had them taking him at 55. So to get him at 71, I think, is a huge steal. And a, uh, I'm sorry, not even 71, 98 uh, is a huge steal for Eric DaCosta there. Um, but the pick that was 71 is Justin, I'm going to butcher this name, Matabuki. Matabuki, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I'm surprised of all the names Goodell got right. He was just like hitting them on every single one tonight. But uh, anyway, with Justin Matabuki here, you know, 6'3 guy, 293. Um, Texas A&M, he's already got a former teammate here, Dale and Mack. Um, Dominic, do you know anything about Justin Matabuki and, and what are your overall thoughts about the Ravens taking him here? Hello. You're good. Oh, okay. Um, uh, hopefully it's a better connection, but I was kind of cutting out right there. But um, I'm assuming you said something about uh, what do oh, I think about Matabuki. Yeah, Metabuki. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think, uh, I think he's gonna be fit very well, and he was very emotional when uh, the Ravens did pick him. So, I think yeah, uh, I it, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be really a fierce uh, in the in the um, in the defensive uh, scheme. And I think he's got he's got a lot of people to learn behind. You know, with uh, Brandon Williams being a little bit shorter at six foot, and uh, Metabuki being about six three, I think he's gonna learn a lot of like how uh, Brandon Williams kind of uh, maneuvers around the uh the center or even one of the guards like the space and um and he'll be able to be a little bit um more uh kind of use his size to a bit better uh better of an advantage because i do believe he plays like the d tackle position so um yeah. and he's uh there was i think there was matabuki where they were showing that he was like dunking or something i was like dang like that's that's pretty um <laughs> uh, athletic and um so i think uh he's going to I think he's going to fit very well, and he's going to take um, uh, Brandon Williams' spot within the coming of years, and uh, especially learning from uh, Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell, who they're going to have right, you know, next to him. Um, I think he's going to fit very well. And um, also, I wanted to bring this up with the Patrick Queen, but I think right now is going to be a good spot. Is that with um, with Calais and uh, Derek Wolf and now Matabuki and uh, Brandon Williams there as well? I think with um, how well Queen diagnoses the run. He's gonna um, Queen is gonna react to the uh, the run very well. Oh no! Yeah, I think that this this overall pick. I mean, in the run stuffing department, it seems like ever since Derek Henry Henry manhandled Earl Thomas, Eric DaCosta has just put his fist down, saying that's <laughs> never gonna happen again. Uh, you know, Matabuki coming in, obviously, you know, he's huge, kind of guy you want on the defensive tackle. Um, obviously the other moves, the defensive tackle, Derek Wolf, almost, um, the guy from the Rams, whose name I'm, I'm missing all of a sudden and Clayus Campbell. Um, but then of course you bring in Patrick Queen, who's a very good run stuffer in his own right. So we're really kind of focusing on these issues that we had, um, last year. Now, Kevin, what are your overall thoughts on Matabuki here? Um, I, I, I think this is an interesting pick, um, you know, the Ravens will find a way to draft a defensive tackle in every single draft. I mean, it's almost like a requirement. Um, I think it goes back to like 2008 or something like that. Like, they just keep doing it over and over. Yeah, and it, it, it's strange uh, to me in some senses because um, 
I don't want to take too long in this point, but as a Ravens fan, I've kind of all, I got into the draft because of how much we would miss on a wide receiver position. And it may be like, what are we doing wrong? And I think it was funny because when the Ravens kind of bring in guys from free agency at wide receiver, those are different guys than what they draft. And I think it's the same with the defensive tackle position. And it's one of the places where I'm starting to see what's different between uh, Izzy Newsom and Eric DaCosta. Um, this guy, Matabuki, is 6'3", 305, but if you see his body composition is, is slimmer. He's not like a, he's not a, he's not a, he's very in shape and he's extremely athletic. And I think that when you look at some of the guys that we brought in in free agency, guys like I could go back to Trevor Price, um, Corey Redding. Um, and when you see some of the guys that we've been successful with and some of the guys we brought in this offseason, Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell, I think he fits those profiles better. And it shows me that I think we're kind of trying to draft guys that are a little bit more athletic, going to be able to get off blocks a little bit, make some plays in the backfield, get some sacks, just be a little bit more versatile instead of just constantly drafting these big, big space eaters. This guy is huge. And um, on tape, I do see him kind of really like jolting guys back. Um, I think his pad level he's going to have to fix. And there's some other things that are going to have to happen. But, I mean, he's extremely athletic. And I think that's really, really interesting. I don't know what they're going to do with him. But I think he's a really interesting player. And, and what we're doing at that spot is really interesting as well. You know, I love your point about the athleticism. And, of course, Dominic brought up the dunking part. Uh, I think they even mentioned, I think it was Matabuki, whose sister plays basketball too. Yeah, she was um, big too. So, wow. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't want to be on the opposite end of uh, her dunking on you, that's for sure. But, um, you know, the, the, the athleticism in, in the defensive tackle position, I think it, it's, it's pretty underrated oftentimes. Um, you know, being able to get around some of these interior offensive linemen and make the tackle pretty quickly, that, that takes a lot of athleticism. So I like the move Eric DaCosta is making here. Um, and I think another way we're starting to see Eric DaCosta move away from kind of that Ozzy Newsom tradition is with some of these wide receivers. Um, now, it, it might be too early to call Hollywood Brown a home run hit. I, you know, it, it's a little early. We had one season, which was pretty good. Of course, he was even injured in the season, so he didn't even play at full strength. Um, but then, of course, we get Devin Duvernay today, who's another speed burner. And it seems like Ozzy Newsom um, picking receivers, you know, he, he attempted a couple speed burners, but it wasn't really his forte. Eric DaCosta here is, is hammering speed on basically ever on offense so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and Duvernay, I was looking at some of the tape after we picked him. I mean, it just doesn't look like he drops the ball either. So we're not getting kind of that Brashad Perryman speedster here either, where, you know, we're, we're sacrificing hands for speed. It seems like we're getting someone who's far underrated, um, ran a four, three, nine and had a tremendous career at Texas. Uh, Kevin, what are your overall thoughts on Devin Duvernay being picked at 92 here? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very similar to what I was saying. I mean, before, in the past, we drafted big, fast, can't catch. Um, now we're starting to draft guys who have a little bit more technique to their game. And it's it's really exciting to me. I think this guy can ball. So, uh, as you said, it's going to be interesting matching his speed with all the other guys that we have. I mean, it's going to be kind of uh, it's going to be kind of track and field whenever the Ravens come to town. 
And uh, yeah. it's going to be super interesting. He did have some drop issues, uh, but apparently this guy's a really hard worker. And if you see his 2019 stuff, I mean, he just plucks the ball away from his body, makes contested catches like he's bigger than what he is. So I'm excited. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, what Kevin said. Um, you know, like I, I enjoy the uh, the track team um, kind of vibe we're getting. But uh, one thing I do want to say is I don't think they're done with uh, drafting receivers. I think in this next round they're going to um, – I was hoping because I do like Miles Boykin as that kind of 50-50 ball or even like the technician route runner in the outside because uh, I think he's going to develop and I think he's going to – you know, uh, I think uh, there was a video um, by uh, Edward – Edgar Allen and uh, he did a really good job breaking down of like his post routes and you know his routes crossing routes across the field so I think he's gonna he's gonna be that deeper uh that deeper receiver target but they might kind of target someone to uh switch in especially with Willie Sneed uh I think he's like 28 maybe 29 so I think they might start to look for Willie Sneed's replacement as well um although he is he does play like a Raven and he's very very good a receiver um so maybe like a Tyler Johnson I'm not sure if he got picked I don't think so but uh, Tyler Johnson. Oh, he didn't. Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken, oh, he did yeah. not get picked. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, or Gabriel Davis, more of like the the slot or the uh, the route route runner type of guy. So, um, but I, I do like Duvernay, and I, I like his speed as well. You know, I like your point about Miles Boykin being able to develop. Now, we can't sleep on his speed either because I right. think he ran a four four two at the combine, so he's a big dude with some speed on him as well. Um. But, you know, we will have to replace some of these guys at the receiver position. I don't think Sneed will be replaced just yet, but I can definitely see guys like Jaleel Scott and Chris Moore being given the boot this season, quite frankly. Um, they're going to be in the danger zone here. So if the Ravens draft another receiver, I think both of them are probably out um, at that point. So, uh, Kevin, do you see any other receivers, aside from the ones that Dom mentioned, as potential uh, day three targets? Um, yeah, uh, you have, um, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at names, uh, but there's a couple small school <laughs> guys left. Okay. Uh, uh, Andy you Golden. have, um, yeah, that's one. Uh, you have James Prochet. I okay, just yeah. don't know if he fits what we're doing, uh, after having Duvernay because I see Duvernay in the slot. I see Miles Boykin and, and, uh, and, uh, Hollywood Brown on the outside. I know Hollywood is small, so people kind of assume that he's a slot guy, but I think he's good on the outside. So, um, I don't know. I think honestly, for me, <laughs> you, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this because I've never said this as a Ravens fan. I'm okay at receiver. Like I, I, I think Duvernay can play. <laughs> I, I like Boykin. And I, I believe yeah. Jaleel Scott can play. Um, and I believe the guy that we got out of Boise State last year who's on a practice squad. I kind of want to see these guys develop uh, personally. Mm. So yeah. um, for me, I think we're good. But I could definitely see another one coming off the board. For sure, I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I can't believe I'm about to ask this, though. But do either of you see Antonio Brown as a possibility? Because it's going all over Ravens Twitter right now. I mean – it feels like there's some momentum there to actually get Antonio Brown as a Raven. I personally don't want to see that happen, but do either of you think that could happen? Um, I think that it's a very, very, very small chance. I don't think it will happen. It'd be cool um, to see, you know, Hollywood and Antonio play on the same team and Lamar Jackson all coming from Florida. Um, I just don't see it as a really a, uh, uh, something that would happen. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, would I like it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
is he going to be happy catching two or three passes a game? Right. No, no way. Just, yeah, I don't know. I think there's too many issues there with Antonio Brown to really get me to jump on board with that one. But, you know, there's a lot of Ravens fans who right now are, are banging on the table for him. And I have to at least acknowledge the question since I've, I've got you both here. Right. Um, the Ravens, of course, made one last pick of the night. They had the final pick of the third round. And Roger Goodell looked like he was about to pass out by the time he got to this pick. But we ended up picking Tyree Phillips, the Mississippi State offensive guard. I think he actually played tackle in college, but the Ravens are calling him a guard. Um, so he'll be coming in here with Ben Powers to, I guess, compete for Marshall Yonda's spot. Because I don't know who else would take it at this point. Um, Dominic... Do you think that Ben Powers – I mean, he didn't do a whole lot last year, Powers, but do you think Ben Powers might have the upper edge here going into um, this? So I'm not really, really uh, tapped into the um, O-lineman market or uh, or draftees or anything like that, except for, like, the very, very top guys. So um, with the, the draft of Tyree Phillips, um, I think he might be another rotational guy that the Ravens um, just see potential in uh, in developing along with um, – along with Ben Powers and maybe uh, kind of swapping everybody out. And um, even with Matt Skura as well as, you know, recovering still, um, I'm not sure like where they kind of value um, uh, all these guys, like, you know, interchanging and, uh, and stuff like that. So I can't really speak too much on it, but I, I don't think uh, anyone has a potential, uh, any one of the, the draft uh, draftable players, even uh, maybe like a Cesar Ruiz or, um, Damian Lewis, who I kind of wanted, and and Lloyd Cushenberry, but I think only those kind of like uh, the top tier guys had a chance of like stepping in and making you know half an impact that Marshall Yonda did. But I think all yeah. these guys are going to be very developmental and uh, kind of you know run in uh, 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 you know mix match uh, type of type of sets. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Kevin? I think there's only really. A couple of things I can say about Tyree Phillips. I like the size. Um, I I I trust in Oz. I trust in DaCosta. I, I trust That's in Joe sure. Ortiz when it comes to the O line. I mean, we don't miss at that spot a whole lot. Even mm-hmm. when we do miss, uh, you find other teams kind of getting some value out of the guys that we seem to not be able to. So I think we draft this position well. So I trust them. Um, what's funny is when I was watching um, uh, the defensive tackle that we took, um, one of the games that I watched was against Mississippi State, uh, and Tyree Phillips was handling my mm-hmm. man. So <laughs> okay. at the end of the day, that's what's interesting about it is uh, that's that's the one time that I did see him a little because sometimes um, I have to look at his name to be able to say it, Matabuke. Uh, they would line Texas A&M would line him up on the edge sometimes, and uh, yeah, Tyree Phillips was just completely dominating them. So um, yeah, I trust these guys, and hopefully they find a way, uh, find some way for them to play. Right. Yeah, I definitely have all the trust in the world with Eric DeCosta and Newsom and the whole staff over there. They've proven time and time again they they usually hit when they draft these positions. So I, I give them a lot of credit. Um, so that wraps up all the Ravens picks. Now, not to put you guys on the spot, but um, I'll start with you, Dominic. Do you have a favorite non-Ravens pick that really intrigues you from these these three rounds here tonight? Um, three rounds. Um, 
I liked Xavier McKinney when he finally got off the board. I was really happy for him. Um, uh, oof. Oh, maybe Denzel Mims. Um, went right before the Ravens. Uh, yeah, that the was Jets. What was that? I like that pick a lot for the Jets. Um, but that was definitely annoying considering I thought that Mims had a strong chance of becoming a Raven if he made it to that pick. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, just one pick ahead of us, he was gone. Right. But you know, you kind of get used to that. Yeah. Being so a Ravens I, fan. I think uh, Denzel Mims um, falling right to the Jets. Um, I kind of called it on Twitter. I, I don't know if I did it before they made the pick, but I was like, you know, Denzel Mims going to the Jets, dang. And um, so when when he went, I was like, um, I was like, and I saw the Ravens trade out. I was like, okay, so if Mims was there, what would our our uh, draft look like, you know, tonight? Um, and I have to believe that we only could have drafted Mims. Like he was the number one player on the on Mel Kuyper's board at least, and I think he was he could have probably been one of the top guys on the Ravens board as well. So. I think that um that with the Jets picking him up kind of shifted the Ravens board um as and I think it was in a good way though uh especially getting you know an extra third uh switching it with a um a fourth and then moving down to the third as well um so I I I believe it was a good pick but I think that was one of the more intriguing uh, ones that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to make a point that that trade, I think, that the Ravens pulled off with the Patriots was a major win, especially after we knew we weren't going to get Mims. Uh, but, Kevin, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, and I can't be the only Ravens fan who felt like this draft has so little trades, but it felt like every trade in this draft was somebody hopping in front of the Ravens to take a player that it yeah. felt like we would take, right? Right, um, right yeah. yeah. But um, with that being said... Winfield going to Tampa, I really like. I mean, this is a team that wants to try to win the Super Bowl now because they have Tampa, uh, they have Tom Brady, uh, and I think Winfield Jr. is ready to play center field safety in the league right now, day one. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. KJ Hamler to the Broncos. Um, mm. That's going to be three receivers that are going to be extremely hard to stop. I think KJ Hamler is really good. Um, you pair him with Jerry Judy. And then you have um, uh, Cortland Sutland, Sutland on the other side, which I was really upset the Ravens didn't take him a couple right. of years ago. Yeah. And uh, I would also just want to give a shout out to um, my man LaVisca Chenault going to the Jags. I think uh, uh, I think he's perfect for Minshew, who doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Uh, so a good guy to just kind of throw slants to and then let him kind of become a running back with the ball in his hands. Those would be my. I have those three are tied for me. I could. I had to say all three. I'm sorry. I like that. I like that. Just to yeah, real, like real quick, to to add to that, uh, the Tampa Bay, um, the Winfield. I think that Tony Jefferson was really planning on going to the Bucks, and I'm not sure if it's going to shake up anything. But if he does go, they could they could for sure use secondary help, and I think uh, Tony would be a nice fit, even um, in like that money money backer uh, slot there. So Excellent point. That's where he belongs. I mean, yeah. he belongs kind of around the line of scrimmage where he can wreak havoc. I don't think you want him out there actually playing like. You know, safety, safety. No, but definitely. I think he'd be perfect for them combined with a guy like Winfield. I agree with that totally. Especially with that that dominant D line that they got uh, building over there too. So I think yeah, it's going to be a sight to see that that defense uh, kind of form into its own this uh, upcoming year. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a team I, I I like what they're doing this off season. I I love what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing too. You mentioned sticking with Gardner Minshew. I think was the best decision they could make. 
especially since there was really no chance that they get Herbert or Tua at this point, or even uh, Jordan Love. They passed on him. Uh, but how about those Denver Broncos loading up on weapons for Drew Locke, giving their young quarterback like all these players to pal around with on the offense? I think that's great. But my favorite pick of, of day two, I have to say, is Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles. Very controversial. Mm-hmm. But the way Wentz gets hurt at the last minute on basically every year at this point, right when they're about to go to the playoffs, it just feels like they need a really good backup quarterback who knows a thing or two about playing for some very good teams, and, and that might be Jalen Hurts. Right. Um, I agree with that. I wouldn't have mind seeing the Ravens draft Jalen Hurts uh, because of a similar thing. We haven't seen – Lamar got hurt a couple times in his rookie year, left the game with the Raiders, I believe, and with the Chiefs. But I really feel strongly that I don't like RG3 when he hits the field, me personally. I'm, it yeah. scares me. Um, I don't know if uh, – if Trace McSorley is ready to ready yet, although he looked good in the preseason. So I, I kind of always had in the back of my head in this draft that like would the Ravens take Jalen Hurts? I would have liked that. So I, I agree with that too. Yeah. Um just to throw some thoughts out there, you know, uh, I like Jalen Hurts as well. Like even if they used a draft pick, um, I don't think it would have been a bad one just because uh, when when R G three was in the game, we really did primarily stick to running, but he didn't I didn't see that the the playbook was really open to him. Um, like it is Lamar. So I don't know if it's just more of like a, um, we don't want to expose anything with RG3 or, you know, he's kind of declining in play because he is almost getting 30. So, um, and he is a, you know, more of a uh, active quarterback in the pocket and beyond. So um, as well as McSorley, he's not, I don't think he's very, very much there yet. And he could even switch a position just to stay on the team or, uh, you know, expand his, um, his uh, retro, retro and, uh, you know, um, kind of get more um, knowledge of different positions on the field, what they do, and, uh, you know, help out in special teams, how they, you know, saying they were going to do uh, in the first place. So, um, but I think maybe for a backup, if we could um, move on from RG3 in any way, would be um, Bryant, uh, Bryant Kelly. I think uh, he went to Missouri, but he, he played for Clemson for a while. I think he's kind of a mobile quarterback that could kind of learn um, this Ravens defense and um, also Cole McDonald from Hawaii kind of a, a very uh, quick uh, quarterback from the pocket. And uh, um, I think both of those two could be very viable options um, undrafted. I'm, I'm going to take a look at that because that's something that's like important to me. I, I want us to have really good backup. And uh, RG3 yeah. can only read one side of the field. I, right. Uh, when he came out, I, I said that and I literally had people laugh at me because he's like, he was killing his rookie year. And I kept telling people like, this is not going to last long. And uh, no, no, <laughs> I looked like a fool for a while, but um, in the end, uh, it, it came back to bite him, man. You have to cut off half of the field for this guy. And even at this age, it's still the same way. So he really scares me as our option for a team that wants to win the Super Bowl. You know, I think the best thing that RG3 has done for the Ravens, though, is kind of be the cautionary tale for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, uh, because, agreed. agreed. Yeah, when you have somebody who very similar play style Lamar Jackson coming out of college, but you know, didn't make the runs out of bounds, didn't slide when he, you know, had to. And he, his career was basically cut short. I know he's still playing, but he's not where he used to be. And Lamar Jackson, I think, has taken that to heart. You see a lot of the times he runs straight out of bounds. He, he avoids the contact when he has to. Um, things that RG3 didn't do back in the day. Um, but about Trace McSorley, though, I think we have to see him have a more expanded role this preseason if he wants to make the roster, especially now with, four running backs and all these other players joining the team. He's going to have a much 
more difficult time. And he had a difficult time last year making this roster, but it's going to be much more difficult in 2020 to make this roster for Trace. And he's going to have to find a role, whether it's on special teams or even as a defensive back. He played that in high school, but he has to find something he can do for the Ravens, not just be the third string quarterback. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for today or tonight's episode, emergency episode of the Nest Talk podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast. Uh, we will be back for the final night of the draft tomorrow. For those of you that don't know, is day three of the draft. That's when a lot of the super under the radars players go by. A lot of guys who become backups. Most of them will really be backups in their careers. Some won't last that long, but occasionally you get that gold nugget you can find in, in the dust. Maybe it's a Tom Brady type player or a Richard Sherman, you know, in the sixth round, seventh round. So we'll see what happens with the Ravens tomorrow, who they pick up, whether we're going to find some gems out there. Um, and Kevin, let the people know where they can find you on social before we go. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, at, at check the win column um, uh, at check TWC. Um, and uh, yeah, and Dominic, That's... where can people find you? Also, he... also Kevin has a YouTube channel. Check TWC, oh, right. or actually, it's the Win yeah. Column, I believe. I think it's the Win. Yeah, win yeah. The, uh, the the YouTube is the Win Column, but on social media, it's Check TWC, which stands for the Win Column. Yep. All right, for sure. And then uh, for me, it's just Ravens uh, Anatomy on Twitter and, and YouTube as well. So, um, yeah. And of course, all of uh, you faithful listeners out there know where you can find me at Chris Linfon or at Be More Feather on Twitter. And of course, at Nest Talk for the Nest Talk podcast Twitter account. And if you've made it this far, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Overcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a rating, a thumbs up, whatever it may be. Helps us out a lot. Share it with your friends, your family, your dog, uh, Bill Belichick's dog, who is apparently making picks tonight. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again tomorrow for the final day of the NFL draft. Take care, everyone. All right. See you guys.